It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. Well, thanks for joining us for the first Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Walter Storholt alongside Dan Betzel, the founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors, serving you in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gahana, right near the airport. And you can find us online by going to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Each week we'll be posting podcasts to the site, and you can uh, follow us on iTunes and other methods as well. And uh, you'll hear great financial planning tips, uh, tips for planning for retirement, having a better financial future at hand. We'll cover different topics each and every week here on the podcast. And Dan, thanks for being with us on the first inaugural Plan with Dan podcast. I'm excited to get going with you. How are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Walter. Thank you so much. Very glad to hear Looking that. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And tell us a little bit, Dan, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's conversation about beneficiary mistakes, tell us a little bit about why we're doing this podcast and a little bit about your mission to educate people about their financial plan and some of the things they should be aware of. That's a great question, Walter. And, you know, from my experiences, 20 some years as a uh, estate planning attorney, I have seen so many people make very, very simple mistakes that can have really devastating consequences for them and their family. And it's just so easy to fix them. And my goal is for today that I'm going to give people the information that they're going to need to go home and look at their various accounts and make the necessary changes to make sure they can protect themselves and, and their families. Well, beneficiary mistakes is our first topic, and we're going to give you five things to be on the lookout for uh, when it comes to naming beneficiaries and some of the missteps that others have taken in the past so that you can learn a little bit from those missteps. So uh, one very common mistake, and it's so simple, Dan, that we really need to be more aware of this, and I know you help people look out for this, but it's naming minors as beneficiaries. It doesn't mean that you can't do it, but you do have to be aware of a lot of the consequences that that surround that. You know, that's exactly right, Walter, because, you know, in Ohio, under Ohio law, a minor beneficiary, someone who's 18 years or older, is not able to inherit, you know, property directly. So in essence, what you're doing is, you know, you are ensuring that those funds are going to be um, held up in the probate court. And there's going to be a, an attorney, a guardian ad litem, that's going to overlook those funds. And it's going to be a very complicated and costly process. So I tell clients, you know, please do not name a minor child as a beneficiary, even even a child who's, you know, not fully mature. I mean, how many people want an 18 or 19 or 20 year old to suddenly have all of that uh, money come to them? They just don't have the maturity to handle, you know, that type of, uh, of an inheritance. So I recommend that people be sure to, you know, have their estate plans updated and to make sure that that's taken care of properly in their will or their trust documents. I know this is a, a different conversation and, and would take us down a, a much deeper path, but maybe you can give us just sort of a, a little overview here. Let's say somebody had the intention or wanted to name a minor as a beneficiary because that's where they want their, their money to go, but they hear this sort of warning about the consequences of doing so. What, what are their options from there? Oh, that's a great question. So, you know, inside of your will itself, you can actually have your estate planning attorney draft a testamentary trust. And so what that means is if you were to pass away and your spouse were to pass away, that you would appoint you know, another adult that you trust and someone that is uh, – would be the, the custodial trustee of those funds. And, and, and they would take care of those funds and they would be sure that they were used for your your minor child's, you know, their health, their education, 
their maintenance and support. And when they reached a certain age, whatever age you wanted that to be, 22, 25, graduate from college, then, then they could have control of those funds. That's just one of, of several ways you could do it. That's a great question. Though. We'll, we'll do another podcast uh, one day about all those different directions you can go in if it's indeed you know something that you want to do, uh, all the different options that you have at your disposal. But we're talking about beneficiary mistakes on today's podcast, and we're planning with Dan here, not coordinating your beneficiary designation. You had mentioned this a moment ago, Dan, and your will. That that lack of coordination also carries with it some consequences. You know, that's absolutely uh, true. A lot of people don't realize that the will controls probate assets and that beneficiary designations are a non-probate asset. So, for example, I've actually seen this example, you know, in my own practice. Someone will say, all of my assets are going to go to my wife. But 20 years ago, when they first started at work, they got an insurance policy and they named their mom as the beneficiary. Well, that will is not going to control the beneficiary designation. That life insurance policy that you meant for your wife is going to go to your mom. It's Uh very, very simple to fix, but it's not possible to fix once you've passed away. So it's something you really have to be, be careful is that you've coordinated your beneficiary designations in your will. It's also jointly held property. It's payable on death property, transfer on death property. So there's a lot of of little layers you have to look at and coordinate and make sure that your beneficiary designations and your wills, they're in alignment with each other. And I does should, that make sense? It, it does make sense. And I, and I guess I should mention this, Dan, just to, to in case somebody's kind of figuring out where where am I electing these beneficiaries? We're talking about what? 401ks, IRAs. What other kinds of situations are you naming beneficiaries that you then also need to make sure it's the same in your will? Where are all the different spots where people select beneficiary designations? Yeah, that's a great question. You, you, 401ks, 403bs, life insurance policies, if, as you said, IRAs annuities, any contractual obligation uh, between you and a third party usually has a beneficiary designation. And those are all non-probate assets. Those are all assets that are not controlled by the will. And that's really important important. to know. Yeah. So make sure that those things coordinate. Otherwise, it causes issues. And and you gave a good example of that. Uh, We're talking about beneficiary mistakes. Two good ones so far to keep in mind. Make sure you don't do this third beneficiary mistake. And that's to uh, not name alternative or what's also known as successor beneficiaries. What do we mean by this? Yeah, so it's really common for you know most couples to name each other as the primary beneficiary, and then they have to give serious consideration to naming a contingent or a subsequent beneficiary, successor beneficiary, that's going to be able to inherit those funds if the primary beneficiary is not able to. I guess the best example would be if you know you and your spouse, your significant other, are traveling together, and God forbid, you know, you're in a in a catastrophe, you both pass away. Yeah. Well, what's going to happen? You need to think about a successor trustee that could be children, could be grandchildren, could be a charity. But you you need to take the time now to determine who you want those funds to go to. Because if you don't, then the probate court will decide that on your behalf. And they usually don't have the same idea of where the funds should go that you have. Now, it's funny that, that, that you mentioned that, Dan, because as you were explaining that, I'm thinking, okay, well, we could just get around this problem by just saying, well, just wrap everything back into the estate. I don't have to name a successor beneficiary. But then I look on our list and see number four is naming your estate as the beneficiary. So where do we go wrong in doing that? Well, there's at least at least uh, two very, very important things you need to consider and why you do not want to name your estate 
as the beneficiary. First of all, as um, in Ohio anyway, under Ohio probate law, all of your what I call creditors and predators, they're able to uh, attach and to attack and to get money from your probate estate, but not from your non-probate estate. So if you had, for example, significant medical costs and they were paid to your estate, then that would allow the, the attorneys for the hospitals to come and attach those funds. But if they were paid directly through a beneficiary designation to a third party, to, to someone that you cared about, those funds cannot be attached by creditors. Uh, secondly, there's significant tax issues for any qualified money or IRAs. If you were to inherit an IRA from someone, the tax code allows you to stretch out the income taxation on that IRA over your life. But if it's paid to the estate, it's all taxable in the year that the person passed away. So there's creditor protection as well as significant tax savings if you do not name your estate as a beneficiary. Very good tips. And uh, you can see how you make one little simple conclusion. Oh, okay, well, I'll just do this. And then all the other consequences that might uh, that might come into play. That's why beneficiary mistakes are really important to be aware of, because you can see there's so many different directions that you can go in. There's lots of little parts where you can get tripped up. And it, it's, it's not necessarily that anybody designed it this way, but it's just how uh, it's just how over time, right, Dan, things have evolved, different rules and and new products uh, create different issues. And it kind of creates this entangled web. Yeah, absolutely. And some of these rules go back, you know, to common law England. And so they're very old. And then we wow. have, as you said, layered on top of that, very modern statutory rules that the, you know, that the legislature has passed and trying to get those all to fit together and to coordinate. Uh, it's a lot of details, but it's really actually very, very important and, and not that hard to do if you just sit down and take the time to, to address those issues. All right. One more beneficiary mistake to cover. This one may seem really silly, but Dan, share with us, if you would, maybe a story about where you've seen this before. Simply just making errors on the application might sound silly, but if you make even just really simple errors on the application, it can cause confusion. Yeah, well, I'm actually um, working on a case like that right now. There was a an error in the in the year of the beneficiary's birth date, and the beneficiary is trying to get her share of the funds from her her mother who's passed away. But there's a discrepancy between her personal records showing the date that she was born on, the year she was born, and what the application uh, states. There's a four-year difference. The person was not born in 1956; they were born in '60, ah. and so the the insurance company, understandably so, is very, very nervous about giving the money to the wrong person. So this very, very simple little mistake means that this person's going to have to go to the probate court. They're going to have to have a judge, you know, sign a piece of paper and order saying that the person in the application, that date, and the person who's asking for the funds is legally the same person before the um, insurance company will release the funds. And you can see both sides of it. You can see how easy it was to make that mistake. And you can also see how the insurance company wants to make sure that the right person's getting the funds. Oh, my um, gosh. Just something really so simple as that. Wow. That's a great example um, and, and amazing to see that something so simple can cause that much headache and frustration and I guess cost too, And right? costs, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Well, these are all good uh, mistakes to avoid, five beneficiary mistakes you want to make sure you avoid. But, Dan, I'm kind of listening to this, and I'm, I'm sure maybe you're listening to the podcast too and listening to Dan's advice and, and, and some of these mistakes and going, boy, how do I keep all of these things straight? 
Uh, if we come in and meet with you, do we? Do you help make sure we're not making any of these mistakes? Are these part of your reviews? Tell us a little bit about how you help people prevent uh, some of these mistakes from occurring in their plan. Well, absolutely. You know, I meet with my clients every quarter, and uh, the first quarter uh, that I meet with clients, any new clients, we review their estate plan. If necessary, um, beneficiary designations, those type of things, I can help them with that myself directly. I also work with a whole group of uh, very, very competent attorneys that we can also seek uh, out their advice and their help for drafting documents and, and some of the more complicated issues that may or may not come up. But absolutely, that's where we begin uh, with an estate plan review to make sure that not only the beneficiary designations are proper, but they've given some thought you know, to um, other very, very important estate planning topics. It's all part of the process. And if you haven't made sure uh, that beneficiary mistakes and, and some of these issues are addressed in your financial plan, Call Dan and have a conversation. 614-472-4510 is the number. That's 614-472-4510. You can also visit Dan online. Maybe that's where you're listening to the podcast today. BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Betzel is B-E-T-Z-E-L. BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can stop in the office and visit him in Gahana near the airport. Uh, that's where the office location is. Beneficiary mistakes. Hopefully five helpful tips to keep you on the uh, straight and narrow when it comes to making those decisions in your financial plan. Dan, thanks for the guidance today, and we'll look forward to talking to you on next week's podcast. Thank you, Walter. Speaking of next week, we're going to talk about some of the rookie mistakes that people make in their financial planning. And you don't have to be a rookie to make rookie mistakes. We'll talk about how sometimes even uh, the veterans uh, take wrong steps when it comes to their financial plans. That'll be on next week's podcast. Thanks so much for joining us this week. For Dan, I'm Walter. And we'll talk to you next time on Plan With Dan. Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.